Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Corey Rosen, and you are listening to The Story Podcast. Today, I have on a super awesome guest, Mr. Bailey Appleby. Hey. Also known as Lucid Ruby. Yes. Energetic structure, belting vocals, and unique percussion, indie blues rock artist Lucid Ruby has a full melodious tone. Lucid Ruby is an independent project by singer-songwriter Bailey Appleby, out of central Pennsylvania, and has been performing since 2018. Lucid Ruby has released Capable, a five-song EP, a soft release of Shadows on SoundCloud in 2021, and Lucid Ruby's most popular single, Bless, in 2022. How are you doing today? I'm good, and you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to get to talk about all the things, because you have a... A lot of mystery in this bio. Yeah, uh, I I suppose you're right. I didn't really uh, go into too much detail with everything. And that's great. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so let's get started with it then. Where did music start for you? Where did you get the bug? What hit you? What albums? What music? Uh, yeah, so originally I remember being really young. I, I can't, before kindergarten even, I, I was very young. And I wanted to play violin really bad. I don't know why. Specific, I'll never forget saying that we drove by Zins in Chambersburg, a music shop that no longer exists, and I saw the violin in the window, and I wanted to play violin, and I was told that I couldn't. That was the end of the story. <laughs> and for a long time after that, I just didn't play music. But then I got into listening to a lot of Eminem, and uh, then one day I discovered rock mm. and started listening to like Green Day and everything and was singing in my room, and I was told, like, don't do that no more. I didn't grow up in a music family. So then whenever me and my cousin, we both started playing guitar at 12. That's where it all started. We started playing guitar, and I started listening to Dave Matthews Band. And my cousin was older than me, and he started playing guitar, so naturally I had to play guitar because my cousin couldn't be cooler than me. Of course, you know, right. A, a rivalry. Yes. So, and then we, we played guitar together every weekend all the time. We'd show each other what we uh, had learned and pushed each other to get better and better. Um, and that's where I really think that I got good at guitar because I had someone that I could be a rival with, someone that actually had faith in, mm. in, in it and be like, you can be a musician, let's learn guitar. And so um, from then, after years of playing guitar in, throughout high school and whatnot, um, I never sang or anything. I just played guitar. For years, I think I think five or six years of just playing guitar and, and learning licks and studying and, and playing guitar with my cousin. And then one day I met uh, an old friend of mine that I don't really talk to anymore, and he sang. So we started a project a long time ago called the PC Kings. And uh, he sang, and I played guitar, and then eventually Tyler heard about it and started coming around and playing music with us. And... I started singing, uh, I think around 17, actually. So it's like, like five years before I ever tried to sing a song, maybe 18, right around there, right as I was graduating. And uh, then we went on and changed our, our name to Hollow Rhymes, and we played tons of shows as Hollow Rhymes. We met uh, Ricky, and he became our drummer, and we released an EP called uh, Tides been a long time and when that D that ep is dead i have one cd left tucked away somewhere and uh we recorded that at uh 
Amp Studios. Have you ever heard okay, of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amp Studios. It was a really nice experience, and that was my first ever experience in a studio where I had to learn everything because mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about being in a studio. I had never even played to a click track before. I didn't understand the concept of playing to a click track. I had played to backbeats right. and drums and with other musicians, so I had good timing, but I had to learn it all like right there. They were like, you're going to go ahead and record uh, a song called Ska Song because... We weren't very inspired, I guess. I don't know. It was a simple ska song. Ska. It, was our, it was our one ska song, and it was great. And uh, so I had to play it without any drums or, or vocals or anything. And I was like, this is this is impossible. I'll never be able to do this. And then I did it, and it was great. But it was just so funny to have my first experience like that. And, and yeah, so that's where it all, all started. And I got out of just playing in my room and everything. So has this been like a dream for you or is this something that's more like a hobby? Uh, whenever, well, when I was 12 and me and my cousin started to play guitar, we were going to be the best. Of course. We right. were going to just be the best guitarists that ever were. And we were, and I didn't need to sing. I didn't need a band. I was just going to be so good at guitar. And I was going to go see the world playing guitar. And we see how that worked out. Right, of course. <laughs> it got good, but like to be the best, no, that doesn't, doesn't work like that. No. But yeah, it has certainly been my dream to just be a musician, to just make a living playing music only and, and not have a day job and, you know, just gig. I, I have, a, like, my dream right now is to play three gigs a week mm. every weekend. It would be just great. That, that, would be, that would be the ultimate goal is to just be a musician. How's that going? Uh, pretty well. I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm at my goal yet. I definitely have a day job and I book shows as much as possible. But I definitely feel like there's a barrier there that I need to get past. For what sure. do you What do you think breaks that barrier? I'm not sure yet. You know, I just my I have uh, short term goals now, which is just to fill up my schedule for next year. Just I be booked as much as possible, put as much work in toward it, and record music and release my music and have it out there. You know, um, learn more about the music industry and and just how to make connections and and build a community around lucid ruby and i want to play music with other people as much as possible and just i just want to be a musician you know so we, we did mention your other past bands but why break off and do lucid ruby uh well after hollow rhymes had a terrible terrible blowout and uh we were no longer <laughs> a band anymore i had no outlet and mm. i realized that if I were to just join another band and that band were to fall apart, I would have no outlet either. So I sat in my room and collected all my songs together and all my ideas and tried to come up with something that like meant something to me and put a name to an act. Because I didn't want to be Bailey Appleby music, mm-hmm. but I wanted to have an outlet that is just me. Like It didn't stay that way, but I wanted to have something that I had control over that was just a, a independent like project, I guess I would say, where I don't have. It's not a band. It's a it's a project, I guess, like a Bailey Appleby music. But then after you know maybe a year or so of doing that, I was just like, well, I want to play music with other people. Mm. So I kind of rethought it, and I was like, well, I'm really glad that I didn't do Bailey Appleby music, and I did Lucid Ruby. Because with that, it gives me the option to feature with people, to have people if join my band or... Um, gives you room to expand. 
Yeah. You wouldn't have to be Bailey Appleby and everybody else. Yeah, I don't want to be Bailey Appleby and friends or anything. I, I don't. And I, Lucid Ruby means something to me. I'm I'm a Cancer, as a um, my zodiac sign. So Ruby's my my stone. I was like, that's cool. I like that. It's just something that that ties it back into me. And uh, I always like to sing really clearly, and I want people to understand the words that I am saying. So I like to write music that people can relate to, not one specific group, but I want someone to hear my songs and everybody be able to to understand it. And Lucid, in a literary sense, is clear, mm -hmm. concise, transparent. And so I put them together, and there's Lucid Ruby. So... You talked about the, a little bit of your what your goals for your songwriting is. How do you accomplish that? What are some of the thought processes you go through to uh, create a song that people can relate to and people can understand? Um, sometimes songs are very specific about very specific things, and maybe you won't be able to. Not everybody will be able to relate to them, but uh, usually a song starts out, and I'll make some music, and I'll be like, I like that, so. I then think about what does this music make me think about, and I usually think in pictures. And mm. at first, I get I get a picture in my mind of how this song makes me feel, and I associate that with the music. And then from there, I I write the words that I would associate with that picture, and then I get an idea, and then I expand on that idea. And that's how it usually works for me. And sometimes I'll write a bunch of lyrics out for a specific concept and then I will I will like write the whole song and then I gotta find music for that okay but I like to keep songs uh, I've always said just vague enough <laughs> just vague enough yes uh, I don't want it to be about this very specific thing at this very specific time but I also don't want it to be so arbitrary and um, it be anything yeah yeah I'd so want you want it to be like Hotel California yeah, 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 something like a something. colloquialism, however you say that. You, you know, you, you, I assume you, you know that song. The Red Hot Chili Peppers? No, the Hotel California by the Eagles. No. No? Uh, nope. Oh, it's a song you need to listen to. It's uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a song about drug addiction. Oh. Um, but you wouldn't know. Well, you would know if you were. If you were in the loop. Of, in that yeah. loop. Yeah. yeah, okay. But once you, once you hear it, and then you're like, oh. Yeah, that I like, makes so much sense. Yes, I love that. That's such a compliment. Whenever uh, someone asks me what's a song's what a song is about, and I explain it to them, and it's different, but then they immediately get it. You know, they click it, and they're like, "Wow, yeah, that's that's it. It's exactly what it's about." I didn't realize. Um, I definitely, I definitely understand that, and the, that happened to me with Cold Sweats, actually. Oh yeah. Um, that that song is about when I quit smoking cigarettes and how hard it mm. was, and how much I wanted to do it and how after I had still like, you know, you go through withdrawal and they get cravings and whatnot and you have to, to, to really fight through that. And there's a line in the song that uh, is the monkey on your back is pounding at your skull. And you see someone smoke a cigarette and you're like, ah, I don't want to, but he's just. It's right there. Yeah. So that song was about that, uh, that trial. That whole song is about that. And we haven't lined up. You want to. Talk about, um, well, we'll give it a listen and then we'll talk about the production. That sounds great, yeah. With that said, this is Cold Sweat by Lucid Ruby. All right, we got it this time. 100%, 100%. This is why we didn't delete the first one. <laughs> yeah, all right.
they chattered on him back. No amount of glue can ever get them back. So now they're gone forever in a sea of nothing because one filthy habit has one filthy habit. Now you sound like Jimmy Rattles, but you did it on purpose. Your airways are fine, but your lungs have no signs. So I guess it's my fault. I guess it killed you. I guess it's my fault. I guess it killed you because you're sitting there sweating, coming down from the truck, standing there wishing you had a dose of good luck. Sweats by Lucid Ruby, and you can't find that anywhere as of yet because why? Oh, uh, it's actually not released yet. Um, I have that and two other songs in an EP that I'm working on the cover art for. Like right now, I just did a couple edits on it this morning, actually, and uh, it's gonna be my live EP out of uh, Dark Side Audio. So kudos to Keegan for for working on that with me. I really appreciate it. He's he's great. 
he really is just he knows exactly what how to do everything and he knows how to like listen to what I would say mm. and then execute it exactly how I asked him to and I'm just like how do you know turns out he's been a guitarist for years and uh if not for me so when I tell him I'm looking for this thing he's like oh this is exactly what he was looking for and he just he did a great job on that's, on all of it that's awesome and so what is this what is this album called what's about uh it's uh <laughs> not named yet we're actually scrolling oh. through we have a bunch of names um with this album being about like overcoming substance and trying to be something that people can listen to to help them you know get past that and and maybe work through addiction in, in, in ways like cold sweats is about how i was able to stop smoking cigarettes so i want to be able to help other people with that in this uh, this album and you know also it's just it's fun to to release music i really like it so uh yeah and then uh, we don't really have a name for it just yet how many other songs are there? Are there any other songs uh, correlate to any other addictions? or? Uh, there's two other songs, and the other two songs aren't necessarily about overcoming them because I only have one story mm-hmm. of b- overcoming it, and then that's the one. Uh, the other one, Lucy, actually was on the old EP at Hollow Rhymes, but it's just so much better now because years of experience, and I got to write some more lines to it and whatnot. And that one's about it's really just a story song mm. about someone that um, sells drugs and, and takes advantage of people through that. And then they meet someone, a girl named Lucy that, you know, takes them on this, like, I wouldn't say adventure, but they meet them and, and, and they get enamored with them. And then they're the victim as well, mm. you know? And then the third song is kind of about uh, coping with everything, you know, through, getting out of substance and, and everything so it's really interesting you met uh because there's this elton john song called lucy in the sky of diamonds yeah i feel like i got inspiration from that but the funny part is i've I, at the time of writing lucy i don't think i had actually heard the song i just knew about the song mm. that's the funny part about because like everyone associates lucy with lucy in the sky with diamonds right like i can sing it now I don't think I've ever listened to it from start to finish. I've heard it on the radio. I know I have, but uh, I don't think I've like typed it in and listened to it. Mm-hmm. So, so what? What is there a a timeline for this? Is there a release date yet, or is it still? Is this is very early in the process. It sounds like. Uh yeah. So whenever I recorded it, I recorded it with Bless. Like mm. we went into the studio and I recorded everything for Bless at home. And then we went in, we had extra time, so we played this live. This isn't like a, a production. This is, we plugged in, they put a microphone in front of me, and we recorded it and played it. There's no editing really on this except for like a slight mix. And uh, so we're kind of just getting it all consolidated. And once it's ready and everything's ready to release, I'll advertise it a bit, talk about it. And then I'll upload it on DistroKid and it'll be just like from then that's where the timeline will start, which is usually about two weeks is what I try to, to give myself that much time to advertise it. And usually that's how long it takes to hit stores. But I uploaded Bless and it hit the very next day. Mm. And I was like, that's weird. So uh, definitely going to upload that I don't know, at least before, like January, the early January. Um, I'd like to have it ready to go before the next year but you never know creativity is is something that you have to 
let grow. So, so like creativity and uh, passion. Yes. For sure. Uh, I, and motivation. Yeah, and I want it all to be right. I want to, I'm motivated for sure. I, I got the passion for it. I want to do it really bad. And um, I just have some other things that I want to make sure it's all perfect. And I got to get second opinions, you know, always. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I have to wait for people to get back to me and I go and proceed with the edits and, and what I want to do. And then they're like, well, maybe not that. And backtrack now. So um, no timeline yet, but it's coming. And then I'll make more... Uh, more posts and advertise more about it when we get closer to also is it just you or there was another person on oh uh, that was, was keegan? my buddy brant no oh, okay. Ke keegan was um the guy the one producing it and recording and everything he was in lucid ruby for a while i would kind of say that he just is and is not at the same time if i ever need someone to drum i know i can call him pay him for a gig if i ever need someone to drum for me He's he's my guy. Yeah, yeah. He's my guy, and uh, he's started his own project now. And I've started playing cello, so I'm kind of wow. playing. I just go learning his songs because it sounds nice, you know. And we're we're friends, so we both play music, and that's what's really important. So, do you play any other instruments besides uh, guitar and cello now? Um, I say guitar is my main, right? Like the one that I'm the most technically skilled. I can sit down and play it with anybody. I'm getting there with cello. I made it of my mission to get really good at cello. But uh, I've played piano in the past. I'd say I'm at least intermediate at piano. I can like chords and songs, really. I don't do lead. Mm. Um, I can play mandolin really well. I can play the bass because I can play guitar, you know. So, it's, so I have a couple instruments. But I would really, if someone were to ask me what instruments do I play, mm. I'd say guitar and cello now. Why cello? I don't know. Um, a long time ago... When I was in Hollow Rhymes, uh, I bought a cello for $45 from someone. I was just like, I'll never get another opportunity. And it sat there and collected dust. And this year, January 1st, we were at a New Year's party, and we got home at like 7 o'clock in the morning. And we were like, well, we're just going to stay up now. And I just thought, I'm going to play some cello just to, to fool around and tomfoolery. As mm -hmm. a, and uh, so I started playing. I was like, well, actually, for playing the cello like a handful of times in my whole life I'm not bad and that day I decided that that'll be my new year's resolution to get good at cello and I've just dived into it like 700 hours now wow. almost, almost a year yeah I've played a lot of cello I've done a lot of learning and um, I've watched videos of other people they do like their 10-year progression through cello and I've played music for so long and I've played other instruments I got I'm at like five or six years for someone that had just started playing cello and had never played music before their progression. I've, I've noticed a trend that I'm right around five years mm. of cello experience. So I want to be better, obviously. Right, of course. But I have to say I'm very satisfied with my progress. I've written songs on it. I learned how to play canon in D. Uh, have you heard, Have you seen Wednesday on Netflix yet? No. Um, I have. We watched the first episode, but I, was, I, I heard the Paint It Black song mm. on that, and I was like, I have to learn it. So I started learning it. It's so hard. And actually, impossible. So um, a bunch of professional cellists all were in an article saying that it's physically not possible to play it on one cello. There's really? definitely It's definitely edited. It's not played on one cello. It's played on two cellos. Um, so they wrote a version that can be played on one cello, and I'm going to learn it. And I'm, I'm like 30 to 40 seconds into learning Bach's 
Prelude. I started that maybe a week and a half ago. You mean the one that everyone knows? Yeah, yeah I yeah, figured yeah. if I'm going to play cello, I have to know yeah. how to play that one. Yeah, if, you're, if you you can't call yourself a cellist unless you can play the do 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 Yeah, yeah, so I think I, I'm like 30 to 40 seconds into learning that, and I, I only ever spent a day on it. I was like, I'll spend, I spent a couple hours, I was like, this is actually, I can learn this like today. Oh yeah, it's super easy. Yeah, it's, it's just about remembering it, just, yeah. just remember it, and like everybody knows the whole song, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely been putting a lot of work into that, and I don't mean to say it's super easy, but it, you know, it's... It's, it's very predictable, and it's yeah. very, uh, you can get your hands under it very quickly. It, it, it makes sense. It, it makes definitely sense, makes yes. sense on cello, because I tried to learn it a long time on guitar, and I was like, this is not happening. This is dumb. Because it was <laughs> not designed to be played on cello, or on guitar. guitar. And then, so I started playing it on cello, like, this is going to be so hard. And immediately was just like, this is, this makes sense. Literally arpeggios. Yeah, yeah. Quite and that's, literally, yeah. That's what cello is, you know, yeah. it's just arpeggios and whatnot, which, so... Yeah, those are the instruments that I play for probably, sure. Probably a good walking bass tutorial as well. That song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. I mean, I kind of like you do the the three string thing. You put the, like it's a chord. You hold a chord down and then right. you play the three strings and then you like play the other chord and then the other chord. So it's really like not a lot of left hand position. Wow. It's mostly right hand technique. That's really interesting. So yeah, I, I can't wait to get i want to be so good on cello that i'm just as good on guitar like i want to be the same with both of them i have a cello i just don't have the motivation to because i want to learn how to play cello i do want to learn but i feel like i need to get like a fingerboard or something uh i actually got pieces of tape and what i did is i put a a snark on top and i hit the notes and be like oh well this is a c a a b you know an a like and Mm -hmm. i put all them all in the, the little pieces of tape on the side for the frets. Right, There's right, no right. frets. Of course. And that really helped me out in the beginning, and now I kind of just don't want to take them off. I feel like I could play without them, but I'm at the point now where I really like them. They're, they're convenient. If I'm off just a little bit, I can hear it, and if I look over, I'm just like, oh. You can see it. Yeah, yeah it, just, it just makes my life so much easier. One day I'll take them off, and I'll see how I play it. But, you know, at one year, I'm going to... I'm going to stick with them for now. So you said you've written songs on cello. How does that work? Uh, I play, have you ever heard of Rashad Eggleston? Mm-mm. So uh, he is an amazing cello, cellist. Uh, he plays like rhythm on cello. And since I'm a guitarist at first and a cellist second, I play rhythm. So you, I figured out before I found the resources that I have now on cello, I, uh, I figured out how to play the chords like I know music theory so I wrote down all the notes of the fretboard and then I picked out the shapes like this is how you do a minor chord and this is how you do a major chord and I play the the chords and I like I don't bow them long you do like uh, the ricochet bowing and you play rhythms there's the there's the one it's like a, a down up down chop up and it's like a doom 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 oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and then so you have like that and then I met I played cello with Rashad for like an hour and I was like really still rusty I, was, I think I was at like seven months then when I played cello with him maybe maybe actually more than that and uh after playing for him with an hour he's he said this is what you need to, do, to learn in his interesting way and um after that like one hour and him telling me go try this I went from like here to here so fast because uh, like I did what he asked me to do and I watched a couple of his videos online and 
it, it really did it make it so much easier. Everything just clicked. And then I was just like rhythm. But uh, originally when I would write, the first song that I wrote, I wrote like plucking. Mm-hmm. Like a guitarist would. Like, you know, just a nice little finger pick pattern. And then now that I'm good enough on the bow, I just bow the finger picking pattern and sing. And, and then that's how I wrote that song. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is really interesting. I wish I would have brought it. I would have showed you. I didn't, didn't know you played cello. That's awesome. Well, I, I, well, I don't. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, right, right. I'm, I'm learning. I want to learn. Because uh, I'm a music composer. I don't know if I, I told you that before. And uh, I have a lot of instruments at home. I've got a trumpet. i got a trombone. I've got a clarinet, a flute. i got a, uh, a harp. Uh, no, not a harpist chord. Uh, auto harp. That's what they're called. Um, yeah, you know what auto harp is? It's Never like it's like it. the stringed instrument where they have keys. So it's like it's like a harp, but you have uh these keys you can press down that'll make it into a G or a C chord, you know, and it, it dampens the ones that aren't a part of that chord. And oh. so the only ones that play are the so ones. So you can that strum chord. all of them. Like so it's kinda like an accordion but with a harp. Yeah. That's cool. That's really interesting. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it's a really good folky Appalachia uh yeah, kind of that's, instrument. That's the good stuff, right? Yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I have an accordion as well. Oh nice. Um I and you know, violins, the cello. And I want to play them all, but you know. The time and dedication. Time I a, and dedication. I have a really nice violin and uh I don't play it. Right, exactly. It all, and it's just such a nice violin. I didn't I bought it for twenty dollars from a kid that it was like I need twenty bucks, and I I'll tell you my my violin. Why not? Right, you right. Know, can't pass that up. And then so I took it to a violin shop, and and they like appraised it at like a thousand dollars. I was like, this is a great. Yeah, it was handmade in like the nineteen hundreds, like right before World War One, when everyone was ripping. Wow. Yeah, they were all ripping off Stradivarius um, violins. So every violin that says Stradivarius is just a replica ripoff that was made with his techniques. But they're still very good violins. Wow. So I just have it. It's made in Germany. Like the little bow has Germany on it and it's a German German company and never bothered to learn how to play it. That's so that's so interesting. Five year old me would be so upset. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like this is their moment. Yeah, yeah. He's, they're wasting it. So back to the music you have now. You you said Bless. What is the story behind that? Uh Bless has my favorite story out of all of my songs. Uh I went to Bless the Woods. It was a festival, like a music festival. That's where I got the name. Mm-hmm. So I went to Bless the Woods, which was one of the handful of fests that I had went to back then, and it was right after Hollow Rhymes had its big blowout. So I had no music outlet. I was just playing music by myself. I hadn't even thought. Lucid Ruby wasn't even a thought yet mm. uh, until like a year later, and I got in for free because they needed fire spinners, and I spin fire, so they let oh. me in for free to spin fire for their event. And they could only play music until 10 because the neighboring community just said that no. all, no. all, all music stops at 10, right. no, no electronic music. So the musicians were having none of it, and they had a big fire pit behind the stage. And all the musicians went back there, and they made this big fire. And I was the first musician there because like, I didn't play music at the festival yet. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't able to, to do that. I wasn't ready for that. So I went there and had all this like pent up want to play. And I just played my little heart out as much as I could, you know, for songs until more and more people came. And then eventually it became more of a jam where people, other people would play and we would all play together. And, and it was a really great experience. And so 
we were we were jamming this one thing. This guy came out and he had an electric guitar, which I was like, "What are you gonna do with that at a campfire?" But he had this little amp in his pocket that like clipped on. Yeah. It clipped onto his pocket, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And then his buddy came out with a trumpet, and then he was like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna play this uh, this blues riff, and then the trumpet has some music to it." And I was like, "Cool!" So they started playing, and it was awesome. So I was like, "Well, where I fit in as an acoustic guitarist is I should play a chord progression." So I wrote a chord progression right there, um, really simple, just something that oh, I wanted all three chords to sound good. So mm-hmm. I did that, and we jammed it for like 20 minutes. People all started singing, and there was other guitarists that were like looked at my guitar and learned how to play the chords that I had come up with. And then there was some cajon players, and then there was this guy with a stick and a, a string, and a, a, oh, a, yeah, like a and he just bass. played yeah he, a washtub bass, and he just played that on a stump. And I was like, that is the coolest thing. So I knew that I wasn't smart enough to remember all the lyrics right off the bat. Right. But I was smart enough to pull out my phone and record it. Good. Good <laughs> so, man. So I had written the whole first part of the song, uh, the first verse, I had written right there on the spot uh, after the chorus had been made. Somebody screamed out part of the chorus, and then I like sang it back to them, and then it evolved into the life oh, is just the moment. Uh, chorus part and then so they would sing it and I would sing it back and then they would sing it and I would sing it back and then that's how that came about um, and I recorded it the next morning I listened to it and so I had a verse and part of a chorus and I went home and I wrote another verse and I got the chorus down and it was like that for, for like two years and I had never written anything more to it except for Sometime that I had forgot, I came home from work and I was like recording music on my home studio and I played Bless and I wrote this whole other part to Bless that I totally forgot existed and it was like six months after recording it and then I sat there and was like, oh my God, this is great. And then I put all, consolidated all the song and I had a whole song, but it wasn't like clean yet. You right. know what I mean, it was still rough and I had played it for another year or so and met the friend, the amazing friend group that I have now and started playing music with them. And um, they liked Bless, so I played Bless more. And then Brant learned how to play drums to Bless. And, you know, it evolved into what it is now. And it, it ended up being just my best song, for sure. With that said, this is Bless by Lucid Ruby. <laughs> Wherever you go, you can find me here. Cause life is just a moment. Take the wheel and steer. Cause life is just a moment. And life is just a moment. Life is just a moment. Life is just a moment What we need is freedom from the corporations Make us work our lives away For all of our days While they sit atop money mountains Making our whole lives pay in a day Oh, what a shame And Just take the wheel and steer 
ruby so that's one of your most popular singles yeah i would say that in in my opinion that's like my favorite song that i've ever written and it's definitely a favorite of a lot of my friends and a lot of the people that listen to lucid ruby it's a it's the hit i can definitely well i like to hear a lot of things i i can definitely it sounds like um you know all of the uh like like the battlefield trailers that come out with like the crunchy or like the fallout boy kind of thing uh it sounds exactly like one of those uh one of those songs or at least the chorus can go over one of those parts yeah oh actually that's funny that uh panic the disco and fallout boy were a really big influence in my vocals like i watched how they sang and i was like that's That's what i want to do (laughs) and luckily i have that kind of voice just naturally loud and belting can't it's more comfortable for me to just be really loud when I sing than it is for me to be quiet. So I was like, yeah, it's a win. That's awesome. So what are your plans going on? Um, where can people find you? Uh, I have a Facebook. I got a website. I don't have a domain on the website yet, though. But mm-hmm. if you get a business card, there's a QR code that takes you right there. And 
whatnot. I have Instagram. I'm on all streaming platforms. I use DistroKid that distributes it all over the place. I don't know if I'm on Pandora. I'll have to Google it. But uh, I'm on like Spotify, and I have a whole different release of music on SoundCloud that I use for my soft releases, like mm. Ed had said, um, where I record everything and I mix it, and I, I don't master it, and I release it on SoundCloud um, just as a, a self-project because I don't consider myself a producer. Mm. I'm a musician. I usually pay other people to produce, but I'll record music and that's where I'll release it. Or like if I get a hold of some recordings from a live set, that's where I release it as a soft release to just see how it goes over. And then, so you can find me on all social media platforms except Twitter and um, <laughs> all online stores, like all streaming platforms. Awesome. Yeah, be sure to check him out. I We have a lot of his links in the description below as well. We're going to get into a time of just asking general questions. Uh, so if you have any of those to ask Bailey, please be sure to leave them in the comments and we'll get around to it. The first question I got for you is one of what is one of the funniest or worst times or things that ever happened to you during a gig? Funniest or worst? I have way more worst than I do funny, so I guess I'm going to go with one of those. The absolute worst experience that I ever had at a show and everybody that knows me and is watching is knows exactly what I'm about to talk about is we were at a venue for um you know privacy privacy yeah, right, right, we were right. at a venue <laughs> and someone that was part of the show got a little wasted mm -hmm. a lot of wasted and there was almost a fight that broke out and so we rushed to get everything out and and leave and mitigate the situation before a fight broke out like at at a show, which is the worst. Yes. And then so we rushed to leave, and some of my equipment got put in the wrong car. So I had got a new car six days before this event, and I was all stoked on that. I drove over to my friends to get the equipment out of their car so that I could go home and go to bed with all my equipment because that's how I wanted to do it, and I hit a deer on the way home. No. And uh, they totaled my car. And so I had to to fix it, and I got a gnarly scar fixing it. So <laughs> it's it was a really bad night. That just like the echoes of how bad that night just for like weeks after. And then uh, so I had to replace the bumper on it, and replace the light on it, and replace a couple pieces on it by going to the junkyard and doing it myself. Oh Because wow. it was it was totaled. They wanted to total it, and they gave me money for it. So I used the money to go get the parts and fixed the car and now it's a salvage car i got it out in the parking lot yeah so that was uh that was quite the worst experience that could possibly happen oh, that's incredible though that you went to a junkyard to fix up your car i had to i had to i don't know youtube youtube can teach oh, you almost anything absolutely yeah. you're absolutely right and then the the funniest thing that i think ever happened was a long time ago i was at an open mic i wouldn't call it a show it was more of an open mic night but my band had came out to play because we hadn't been out in a while so we went out and played this little set and on our second song this guy came up and like grabbed the microphone from my lead set, like the singer in the, in the band and grabbed the microphone like on stage was like stumbling around fell over the equipment with the mic in his hand and was trying to like sing along but he was so like wasted yeah that he couldn't, couldn't he couldn't really do anything and his girlfriend like with the most shame that I've ever seen <laughs> and a person like got up and tried to stop him and like take him out of the venue 
And we were at a winery. It wasn't even like a crazy bar or anything. It was like a classy establishment. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that was probably the funniest. It was in the moment. It was like terrifying. It was like, what is going on? This is the weirdest experience. But afterwards, looking back, it was hilarious. It's always, um, it's always interesting because I'm always playing at open mics and I jam out whenever to with ever, whoever. That's, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's with a- whoever. And it's always fun when someone uh, tries to who's clearly inebriated beyond mm. all belief, mm-hmm. or uh, and they try to start singing along and forget the fact that they can't sing while sober. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know the type. <laughs> they come up and 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 they don't like ruin it. They just add flavor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Flavor, yeah. Bla- That's uh, all sorts of color, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always meets up for a good story, though. Certainly so, did. You talked about having a, a a band breakup. How do you deal with that? How do you recuperate from that? Does that des- did that destroy you for a little bit? Because it sounds like you were really eager to get back into into things. Uh, it. I wouldn't say that it necessarily destroyed me. It really did suck. It sucked a lot. But at the end of the day, with the blowout, I wasn't in the wrong. Mm. And then, like it was ultimately, unfortunately, the decision came down to me as to whether we were going to try and mend things and continue to go the way we did, but I was stuck in a wall in a hard place. If if I said yes, the other guitarist was going to leave. Right. And then Regardless. if I said, and, and then the guy who like caused the blowout would stay. If I said no, we lost our lead singer. So I just was like complete dissolve, and I had started singing by then, so... It didn't really crush me because we were going to try and hold on to Hollow Rhymes and continue to make it a band without him. And I guess I just wasn't strong enough to hold the threads together. Mm. And it kind of just fizzled out at that point. And it really was like a period in time where I didn't play live. And I, but I wrote a lot of music and I became a painter for a while. I, I reclused myself and, you know, it was unfortunate. But I had a, a support group around me at the time and I learned how to spray paint, uh, make spray paint art and wrote a lot of songs and by the time that I had vested myself and recovered from that I was just ready to play music so sweet so let's talk about uh how do you balance your job versus your music playing what because the goal is to become a full-time musician what are some of the give and takes you've had to make what are some of the uh thought processes that you have to go through in order to justify, oh, I have to play music that night, I can't work, or, oh, I have to work, I can't play music. Uh, One thing that is mandatory, I've realized, because I tried to do it with the job that I had every other weekend off, and every other weekend I worked, and it just didn't work. It was not, it was not cohesive. So I have a job now that's Monday through Friday, first shift, uh, I get off at two, so there's always time to to play music during the day and usually that's what I do before uh my girlfriend gets home I'll get home and if I don't nap right away I jump right on play a bunch of music and be as loud as possible before she gets home um she doesn't mind when I play music she likes when I play music in fact but she is hardworking and in college so Mm. the last thing I want to do is play really loud cello while she's taking a final exam or something so um that's how I, I manage practicing. I, I practice as much as possible. And uh, with with gigging and everything, since I work first shift, I can do gigs comfortably Friday and Saturday night. And I get I get sick time and I get vacation. And that's what I would usually use 
my sick time or vacation for because I usually just go into work even if like I always I don't really call off so that's kind of something that keeps my back pocket if I have a show in the morning on Friday it's like well I'll use that time mm-hmm. and I'll be able to get off so I, I have a lot of leniency there it makes it easier to manage that's good so what's one of the best pieces of advice anyone's ever given you one of the best pieces of advice anyone's ever given me in terms of Music you talk you talk about uh, having was it Rashad? Uh, that was that that was definitely one of the times uh, when it came to when it came to actually playing music and he had told me because uh, I was doing like a down and up bows and he was like just do all down bows at first until you're really good at just down bows and then do it with just up bows and one, by the time that I had gotten good at that I realized that it just gave me so much more freedom um, to be able to make rhythms on cello and and just my bowing technique just got way better just by him telling me that aside from all the other stuff that he had told me about um like doing these extra chords and uh like bow technique and sit how to sit and whatnot just and like things that he didn't even tell me just watching him play also made me better but listen that can be applied to any other instruments whether it's guitar just learn your yeah some of the best advice I've ever had usually doesn't even pertain to just music. It actually mm. pertains to the business side of things. When I got someone to tell me how to how to book shows, which I wish I would have known way sooner, it was sent how to how to send out emails, email. like good emails, and and how Cold to emails. yeah yeah how to do that. So that getting having someone show me that and and find like doing the research. It wasn't from a person I know. It was mm. from uh, YouTube and and articles and whatnot and i'm still not very good at it so you it's, know it's a lot and actually I'll, I'll give a shout out to stage rush i don't know if you've ever heard of stage rush no i have not there it's a local lancaster company that takes out the middleman of you trying to figure out how who to who to email for a venue for example because every every venue has their booking agent right mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really hard to find that booking agent and then find that that email uh, Stage Rush, and I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I think they, I just think they have a really great product. Uh, they take out that middleman and could just directly message the venue directly on Stage Rush. So you have your profile with all your music and all your uh, accomplishments, accolades, whatever, uh, you know, profile pictures, whatever, and you can just send an offer to your to whatever venue like Telus 360 or Zotropolis or Fetish is also on there. Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, they and actually Telus only only does their booking through Stage Rush now. So Really? Yeah. Oh, how exactly. do I do that? I actually I played a, a birthday set for uh this guy that I met at Rocky Knob Folky Fest. He really liked my music. He asked me to play for well, his wife asked me to play for his birthday, but mm. I went and hung out at his house for the after party and his brother is a bartender there. He's like, You need to get into Telus three sixty, drop my name, send him an email, do blah blah blah. He was been drinking a little bit, so he was a little excited. Right. But uh yeah, so I never actually got around to contacting Telus three sixty because they don't have an email. Exactly. They just don't. They don't. And, so, and that's why I think this uh, the stage rush is such a good uh, place because not only the not only is it for like you know musicians like yourself to to make your a profile, but it's like for entertainers in general. Yeah. Um, and you can apply to venues and even private private citizens, you know, <laughs> random people could just book you, and you can have you can set all your prices and everything. And it's by the way, this is free. By the way, private events. Oh, um, it's free. Yeah, it's free to use. I'll that's, definitely download it. That it, sounds like an awesome resource for me. Yeah, that that's why I'm really pushing it because it's it's 
you can use it for free. Yeah, um, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and that goes for any other artist out there, because uh, you can set up your own pricing. Like, oh, if if I can play one hour for a hundred bucks, you can have that as an option, or uh, two hours for whatever. Yeah, whatever that's you awesome. choose. Yeah. yeah, people like to see that. Businesses like to see that right away. What, exactly. What they what they want is is to know what the investment is and what they're getting out of the investment. And so I I can't push Stage Rush more because I really do enjoy their product. Um, but back to you. <laughs> okay. What is, you have your album in the future. What's after that for you? Uh, I'm definitely booking a lot for next year. I've been sending out hundreds of emails, not even exaggerating. I'm sending out so oh, many yes. emails. And uh, so I have a, a one festival set up already so far and I've there's a bunch of festivals in the scene that I'm trying to get into that's my main goal like I like bar gigs and I like normal mm -hmm. show gigs and whatnot but festivals are really where it's at and where it's the f most fun for me and so I just want to play as many shows as I can I want to fill up my my schedule for for 2023 as much as possible and I want to continue to write music and just like I am now release more songs I have I have enough songs that I can I could release a song for Every month for years. For years? I have like 200 songs. If I really went wow. back uh, and, and relearned some of the songs that I wrote when I was younger and maybe worked through them, because there's, I say, I say I have 200 songs, but I'd say I have like 60 originals that I regularly play out. Mm -hmm. Like they're that, they stay in my, um, my list. But then there's, list, yeah. there's all the other songs that I have kind of were projects and, or, mostly finished and i'm just not satisfied with them the song is two minutes and 30 seconds it's good but you know 30 more seconds you know spend an hour on it right so i have a i have a lot of releasing and recording to do well make sure you follow him on all of his platforms that he has he is on Facebook, you're on. Are you on Instagram as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. SoundCloud at Lucid Ruby. SoundCloud at Lucid Ruby. Yeah. You can. All those links will be in the description. Where are you playing out next? Uh, I'm actually playing with Wayward Giants. Uh, they asked me to play lead guitar for them. I'm playing at Waldo's in Gettysburg on the 16th next weekend. Nice. So it's actually something really new for me because I've never joined another band. I've always been the creator the the um the founder of right. projects whatnot the so, director I wouldn't say the director but like when four people get together and they're like this is what we're gonna do together versus an established band right and now I've been listening to their music all the time and I learned a bunch of their music and I went and practiced with them once and um it was great we sounded awesome and and it was so fun because i only really i only have an acoustic i only mm. play acoustic but i play lead on my acoustic it sounds just like an electric and they put they were like we'll play this electric and they put electric in my hand and i was like this is great it's like butter and it was really interesting so uh it's a new a whole new experience for me to to join someone else's band and and feature with them i'm not like don't know if I'm joining necessarily more of a just uh, join them on stage, yeah. feature with them, play some music with them, sit in. Yeah, sit in. Yeah, that's so awesome. I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'm, and then TJ is a, a really good friend of mine. Him and him and his wife are just awesome people. So I'm really gracious to have them in my life. Do you plan on doing any more with electric, or is it more acoustic for you? Um, I don't know. I mean, more mostly an acoustic guy. It's just my heart and soul. But I just don't have an electric that's worth playing. 
That's fair. <laughs> yeah, like if I like my electric is eh at best, and then my acoustic is just so good that what's the point? Yeah, it, no, I like get it. like it, I could go to a metal show and plug my acoustic in and sound better than if I plugged my electric in. So I just don't even use it. It's been collecting dust. I don't think I've played it since I bought it. it that's that's another thing. Uh, tone and uh, yeah, quality. Quality is everything when it comes to an electric guitar mm-hmm. and that one just isn't it so You're right. I, don't, I don't really play it very much well if you have enjoyed this episode please do be sure to like subscribe share and sorry that's all three of them like you subscribe yeah. share yeah. with all your friends i just lost my train of thought for a second um we are the story podcast my name is Corey rosen please be sure to tune in for our upcoming shows, we have tomorrow uh, John Garcia from the Hopeless Romantics coming on. Uh, and we have this Thursday, Dijuan, Ro- Ro- Dijuan Rosado uh, from the Dem Collective, also known as Spoken Music. He's a great spoken uh, word poetry artist from around here. And then this Friday, we have Stephen Courtney, a guy who has made his living off of writing children's songs. In fact, he has five songs on Sesame Street. Word? That's awesome. Word, yeah. What? Like, for on, real. On Sesame Street. On Sesame Street. Five songs that he has written for Sesame Street. That's Isn't so that cool. incredible? Yeah. And one of them's called, like, S for School. So, you know, like, that's that was... That's be... what he did. He, yeah. he wrote it for that. That's and, awesome. yeah, and you know, being S for School has to be played, like, a ton of times. Oh, yeah. He definitely is getting royalties off that. That would have, What a successful... Uh, business venture like right that was so such a good decision for him so be sure to stay tuned for that with all that said i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you guys later bye